Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. My name is Sophia Beck, and I'm joined by my co host Tigran Sloyan. Hey, Sophia. Hi, so which episode is this? I've, I've lost the number. Any uh, estimates? It's getting close to 50. 50, wow, we should we should celebrate the 50th episode. That would right, be fun. we should do some something special. Something special, uh, like a right. recap of the previous 49 episodes in a single one. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about three building blocks of a structured interview. Yeah, and structured interviews has in the past few years become a buzzword in Silicon Valley and everybody talks about structured interviews. Uh, most don't execute on it or don't execute well on it, but structure is always great, especially in something as biased and inconsistent as humans talking to humans and making career decisions and life-changing decisions based on just a conversation. Uh, more structure you add, the better hiring outcomes you get and more consistency you get in just overall hiring process. But how to do it, they say devil is in the details. So like the how to do it part is uh, not always well covered. Yeah. So what are what are the, some of the building blocks of a structured interview? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess when you're bring, bringing structure, you've got to think about it from sort of all parts of the interview process, right? You want to bring structure to all parts. And the most obvious place to start is be, even before the interview happens, right? Some call it interview plan, other call it uh, pre-brief, right? But like starting from, all right, what's this role? Who's gonna be on the interview panel? What are the different sets of responsibilities? Who's gonna be covering which areas? How we're gonna make a decision after this interview, right? Because mm-hmm. it's tempting to like talk about how this decision is gonna be made afterwards, but that's a mistake because going into the interview, you need to know what's your responsibility, which part you're going to be responsible for when it comes to making the decision. So you can also structure your interview in the right way. What should be the qualifications or skills that's required for the job and making sure that everyone involved in the interview process understands it and on the same page about it is, I think it's a a very common mistakes um, that's, you know, that happens in the interview process. And then it just like takes much longer for the team to calibrate and be able to actually make a good decision if you don't right. do it before the, uh, even the first interview takes a place. Yeah, exactly. And often you can actually miss an important area because no one realized that like they had to cover it, right? Like they knew somebody is going to have to talk about this area. Like it could be a skill. It could be just kind of a personality attribute or something along the lines of something that's important for the hiring decision, but then without a clear assignment of responsibility, it can be easily missed. And then you have to go back and be like, oh, let's bring the candidate in for another interview, which lengthens the process, creates a terrible experience, and just overall makes you look like you don't really know what you're doing in in your interviews. Yeah. So I guess in, in, in summary, the, the first building block would be interview plan uh, that gets created beforehand and gets analyzed beforehand. Yep. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, second one is moving into like during the actual interview, right? So what happens in many cases, even if you know what areas you're going to be covering, you kind of 
start thinking about it 10 minutes before the interview or get in there and try to play more like the jazz style, right? Like depending yeah. on how the interview goes, I'll kind of ask this, I'll ask it, that, I'll just... This happens even more for the experienced interviewers, right? Because they feel like I've done this many times, I have exactly. a question, I'm just going right. to go in and do it because I don't need to prep. But that's, yeah. a, that's a big mistake if you're trying to do structured interview, right? It, exactly, right? Because I guess one thing that even experienced interviewers do not realize is the progression of questions does actually have an impact on the outcome of the interview. Because, uh, you know, think about it this way. When you, let's say it's a technical interview, right? And mm -hmm. let's say uh, I start off by, like, instead of, like, let's say typically I interview, go in and ask like a slightly easier question and then slightly harder and then a harder and then a harder one. Like that's a recommended approach, mainly because, you know, it creates a motivation boost, a confidence boost, because as soon as you start your interview, you're incredibly nervous, trying to get a little bit comfortable. And one way to get comfortable is to get something right and to feel like you're like, hey, I can do this and then just kind of ease into it. As you get more experience, maybe you're feeling wild that day as an interviewer, you're like, oh, let me just kind of go straight into some harder question. I'm going to ask it anyways. I might as well ask it first you know, before the other interviewers and cut to the chase. Well, guess what? That's going to influence the outcome of the interview. So like, even though that candidate could have done well, if the structure was kept with like starting from the easy one and kind of progressively going to the harder one, by getting to the hard one quickly, you basically uh, robbed them from the opportunity to get comfortable and perform the way they could have performed. And that's something an interviewer doesn't think about. And that's something that's sort of, is in the power of having a predefined set of questions and a predefined progression in which you take the candidates and maybe you make the choice to, to start from the sort of a harder question and go towards the easier ones for some reason, but at least you keep it consistent across candidates. So one candidate doesn't get a leg up on the other one uh, mm -hmm. for no reason. You can compare them more clearly and yep. you know objectively. What, so would you would you recommend kind of having each of the interviewers um, have their own list of questions and order like and kind of use them for that particular role over and over at the same time? Right. So like the, well, the first key is for a specific role and specific level, you want to have a very clearly set out set of sort of requirements and questions because you might have especially for a large organization you could have many different people across different locations interviewing for that same role and first thing you want to avoid is incredible inconsistency and uh, the requirements and the questions that get asked and the bar that gets set as such because what that inevitably leads to is uh, reduced internal mobility right because if teams across the board can't trust each other to be hiring at the same level and you're never going to be able to keep mobility and be able to move one person from one team to another because teams don't trust each other. One is like, hey, you're like probably hiring at a lower level than we are, even though it was the same job, same level. They failed to keep the consistency. So defining the clear set of questions for a specific role is one thing, but also having it written down actually, right? Like that's part of the structure that like not just relying on the interviewer to verbalize it during the interview is a key element because again, humans throughout the day, right? If you catch me during my, you know, if, if I'm not a morning person, if I have an early morning interview, hey, I'm going to be way more grumpy. I'm not going to 
I can possibly leave out like an important element of the question or not explain it as well as I could have versus uh, some other time of the day, like mm-hmm. when I'm feeling happier, more positive or more energized, right? And you yeah. don't want to introduce that variable in the interview outcome uh, if you don't have to, if you can just have the question clearly written down that the candidate can read and ask questions. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's kind of a why, you know, even other professions like, you know, you know, if you go have a health checkup, there's a questionnaire, there's checklist, there's, you know, make sure that you check all the boxes in the right order. So you cover everything consistently over and over. Yeah. Great. What is what is a, a kind of a building block for the then after the interview takes a place? Yeah. So the building block number three is, OK, well, the pre-briefs and the plan was there. The interview was highly structured with predefined set of questions and progression. Now it's the time for feedback, time for uh, debrief. And even there, I would say more structured, the better. Uh, because from like in what format do interviewers write feedback? Is it just like one open text field where you can just write whatever uh, comes to mind and move on? Or do you have it? Yeah, right. And do you have it clearly separated into, okay, these were the areas you were supposed to cover. This was the rubric we agreed upon. This is the scale on which you're supposed to rate the person as well as write your comments. Again, that narrows the focus and it makes sure that like one, as you're interviewing, you're thinking about sort of, have I touched on this point, this one, this point. And two, it leaves less room for just random ambiguous comments. such as like, oh, it yeah. didn't feel right. You know, like, well, what do you mean it didn't feel right? Like, Which yeah. of these elements that it was your responsibility to cover, uh, did you not get a satisfactory response on? And it makes easier to kind of make decisions together because each of you has covered a certain point and each of you has a split responsibility instead of arguing for hours over the same sort of exact element that everybody got to touch on during the interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, maybe having the form that kind of also reminds you with the questions, this is the mm-hmm. section to put um, this part of your assessment or right. evaluation or um, in the next, it'll, it'll be helpful. Um, and then they can also bring that form into the interview and have it, you know, next to you so that you can also refer to it. Um, and I mean, one catch, I guess, among all of the structure that we're advocating for is that you got to not forget that sort of you're interviewing a human who's incredibly nervous, whose career is on the line and who probably doesn't do this as often as you do. So among all this structure, you don't want to forget and sound like a complete robot who's like, all right, question number one, <clears throat> let's let's go down the list, right? Like you have to remember to make the human connection, to check on them, like how are they doing? Do they need a break? Uh, do they just want to chat a little bit, settle in before you march in with all the interview questions, right? And, and it's easy to forget when you go for structure. So you have to keep that balance of humans talking to humans while maintaining a structured interview process. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So have a structured interview, uh, which can really benefit you in many regards in hiring, making the right hiring decision, but also keep it, keep the interviews very human as possible because it's about human interviewing another human. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you for, um, thank you for your advice today. And thanks everyone for joining us 
as well. For more tips and insights on data-driven recruiting, please go to ddr.codesignal.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs>